hello everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show. We're happy to be here this morning and happy you could join us. I say us because we actually have a, <laughs> a guest in the studio. I'll introduce her in just a minute, but if you don't already know, this is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and a whole lot of personal development because, as you know, it's great to uh, read about these uh, abstract topics and you know interesting topics. It's great to talk about it. It's great to learn about it, but until we actually use it in our lives, uh, it's not really worth that much. <laughs> so we do both here. We talk about the uh, the concepts and ideas, and then we talk about how to implement it. And that's a little bit of what our, uh, well, a lot of what our guest is going to talk about. Um, well, just to let you know, today is November 19th, 2013. Oh, it's actually my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. He's not listening, though. Anyway, our, the website for the show is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and you can find some very valuable things there. Number one is our phone number. That's right. You can call the show live if you're listening live. We do the show live every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. That's New York City time. And you can also find our phone number, I mean, and our Skype handle. So people, so you can Skype live or call us live, and also you can find every single past episode, which is so cool because you can actually search by keywords and stuff like that, uh, tags, and um, it, if you look on the left side of the website, uh, themysticshow.net, you'll see all the tags and you can click on that stuff. So, so let me introduce our guest. Um, I'm really happy to have with me this morning. Jennifer Eurizio. She's the spiritual director and founder of No Souls Language. And she's also the author of Soul Language, Consciously Connecting to Your Soul for Success. And, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that um, Jennifer and I were on the phone yesterday. We did a little thing on the phone. but And her website is soullanguage.us. And, uh, and by the way, all her information will be in the show post as well. So, You'll be able to find it and click through it. But Jennifer, welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I know you walked in. You're like, wow, this is cool. I love God, it. It's so cool. And I got to see the sunrise. Right. I know. You've got a that's, beautiful view. That's right. See, I often mention that to the listeners. I'm like, you see the sun's coming up. You guys, I mean, come on. It's beautiful. I get to look at Chris Curran and it was an amazing office. And wow, what a great start to my day. Yeah, this is great. So so your book, well, we're going to talk about your book, but your book is called Soul Language, Consciously Connecting to Your Soul for Success. Um, when did you publish your book? November 7th this year. Really? On my birthday, yeah. Like 12 days ago? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know it was that recent. That's yeah. awesome. Mm. Congratulations. Thank you. You were working on it for a while? The editing alone took a year and a half. Oh my goodness. I know. It, it's a very long birthing process. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need the baby out. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're kind of writing a spiritual book, you have to keep checking in, you know? So you keep checking in and going, okay, can we change this word, the? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we can change the word that. Like, but you know, there's some things that you just can't change. Mm. And you go back and forth. And I had amazing team. I had an amazing editor. Um, but we would go back and forth and be like, well, I don't understand this. I was like, I don't either. But I don't speak that language, so we're good. <laughs> Interesting. You mentioned languages. That's that's one of the things. Let's let's introduce that concept, the concept of uh, the soul language. What, what do you mean? What does that mean, actually? You know, in order to connect deeper to your soul, what I found is that people need words for that. They need structure. Not to put anyone in a box, but just to put words to know what they, deep down, they know deep down inside. So soul language, each one of us speaks three languages of soul or three expressions of soul. Your mission, how you feel that mission, and then your soulful personality. And the soulful personality is really about how your soul prefers to go through life. And so when you have this kind of tangible form to put to the intangible, I hear all the time, oh my God, you just gave me words 
to, to say what I know or, oh my God, I have permission to be this. And it creates this deep sense of safety and acceptance. Mm. So there's a total of 107, yeah, 107 wow. different languages across the three different categories. And it's very rare that I see two people that have the same three languages in common. Oh, like all three yeah. the same. Interesting. Um, and so you really understand, especially when you meet somebody who speaks like, you know, for example, my mission language here is, is an equalizer. And I know very few equalizers, right? So when I actually meet someone who speaks my language, there's this like, oh, I feel so comfortable. Like I don't have to talk, you know, there's this instant balance that happens. Um, I have a client who's a graceful warrior, wow, which is a soulful personality, which means that we prefer to go through life, courage, strength, like uh. that's my tone and, or the soulful personality language. And I, she was at my book party last week and I looked up to her. I was like, what's wrong? She's like, Oh my God. Like, how do you know? I was like, <laughs> uh, we speak the same language and I know I was in like hell a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, and you just have this instant kind of, you'll describe situations and the details might be different, but someone goes, I totally really understand what you're talking about. I've been there. And right. there's this deep sense of connection. Um, so that's what I mean by soul language. Yeah. It just seems to me like it's more um, understanding yourself better and having more awareness. Right. It, so much like it. You know, when you have, again, not to put anyone in a box, but when you have a little sheet of paper that says, when you're acting consciously, this is what's going to happen. And when you're acting unconsciously, this is what's going to happen. You could go in in that time when you're in pain, where the mind wipes your memory clean of anything good ever happening to you. You could go, oh, wait, I'm actually in struggle and I know how to move from unconscious to conscious. It gives you a lot of tools. And I loved what you said earlier because a tool or spirituality only works if you're doing it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work if you're looking at that book or thinking about meditating, you know. It has to be practical. It has to be integrated into your everyday life. Right. And I think that's what one of the things that, about soul language that's so brilliant is it can be. And it can be such integrated in your life so smoothly that you don't have to spend a lot of time um, trying to figure it out. Right. It almost seems like you're the soul language. And and by the way, we should tell folks that you do you do like one-on-one -on -one sessions with people and you, you take them through a process to figure it out. Yeah. Tell us what you do. It's done by either me or another practitioner because um, now I train people. And it's done through muscle testing. Um, so it's done through energetics by a practitioner linking up to your soul, which is kind of freaky, but it works. <laughs> and um, so our mind is totally taken out of the equation. So you don't go through a list, you know, you know, those lists where you check out. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. Um, so you can't fool yourself. And so anyone can log on to the website and um, receive a discovery session where one of their languages will be identified. That's our gift to you. Mm. And if we never talk to you again, I'm cool with that. Right, right. But now you actually have fundamental tools to change your life. So I work one-on-one, -on -one, I work in group, I train uh, practitioners. What I really love to work with is people who have these big missions, these big creative ideas, you know, that know that they're supposed to be there out of service. Um, and they're a little unclear about that sacred purpose and they're kind of don't know what their delivery systems are because I think so often we do it backwards. We go, okay, so I feel this big thing. How do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? And that's not up to you. You're, you're up to accepting the sacred purpose and then naturally the next divinely inspired action takes place and you got to get on the bus, right? Mm. Um, so we're often trying to figure out that how before we've actually even accepted who we are. So I love to work with people. I love to shepherd in spiritual inner innovators. Um, and I've totally forgot your question. Well, no, you answered it. You oh, answered good. it. But Yay. but these yeah, <laughs> you were. There's so much to talk about. Look, it's. Yeah. Um, but you, um, in one way, that's why you and I are speaking because I 
I'm, I think I'm one of those people. Oh, you're definitely <laughs> one of those people. Not think. There's like a star over your head. You know, I mean, and, and that's what I love about what I do is I can spot you guys a mile away. Like, you know, and 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 I love the ones who go. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not here to do any. Really? Come on. Like, let's just kind of put the cards out on the table, you know, and, and what I love about what you're doing is you're not only embracing it, you're embracing the fact that you have to be out there. You know, if you have this big mission sitting on your couch not really going to get out there. Yeah, you know? not going to materialize that way. Right. And, you know, there's this kind of movement in spirituality, like wrestle ego to the ground and beat it into submission and and make it something that it's not. And listen, there's sustainable ego and there's non-sustainable ego, right? The divine doesn't create anything that's bad. So if you didn't have this ego, you wouldn't get off your couch. Really, if I didn't have ego this morning, I would have rolled over at 5.45 and went, yeah, I'm just going to call Chris Curran, right? So you need this part of you to be sustainable. And if you have this big idea, this big way of wanting to be of service, there's a divine reason behind it and embrace every aspect. I forget which band it is, Chris, but a recent band that I heard that they said that they've done like thousands of gigs. Like they would take a bar mitzvah, right? Just to get out there, just to be out there. And that's what they claim their success has been because they've been out there so much. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, we tend to kind of put things in like these little categories. Oh no, I can't do that because it means this or it means that. And, and I thought, wow, they just went for it. Right. They just knew that they had something to say and they were going to say it no matter who. Right. Because you don't know if Sony Records guy is at the bar mitzvah, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. So I think that it's really important that we use our divine voice, no matter what that looks like, you know, and, and find what that divine voice is for you and what you want to say and start to express it even to yourself. And most people don't even accept what they want to, their truth, their own truth. Yeah, I must say it's not easy. I mean, I've done, well, we, during the next break, maybe we can talk about, uh, well, I want to talk about your book first. And then we're going to talk about the session we did yesterday, because it's interesting. Um, but it really seems like what you're doing is so cool, because it's part has to do with spirituality, and part is just personal development. Like, how do you intertwine those two? I think that's like almost the sign of our times, I think. I think people are waking up to the fact that, look, it's not just like a church you can walk into and spend an hour and leave and, and that's it. You're done. It, it's not that anymore. It's it's more of a a living living it, right? Yeah. You know, it, I, when you were talking, I was like, oh, my God, it's like the jogging of the 1970s, you know? <laughs> like jogging was all of a sudden it was like integrated and it was something that you could do. And it, it you know... Soul is showing up in mass media. I mean, there's a car by the name of Soul. You know, you look on a commercial anywhere from car commercials, which are so brilliant about it, you know, to phone commercials that they talk about soul. They talk about spirit. They talk about happiness. You know, there's a change coming. You know, people know that there's something bigger out there and they're just trying to find their way of expressing it in their everyday lives. A lot of people that come to you to talk to you about soul language, are they kind of wrapped up in, in because, because as you're saying that the world is waking up and soul is becoming more prevalent, I also see the other side is getting worse, like the big business and media and this health insurance and like things are getting crazier on one end and on the other end, people are sort of waking up. But a lot of people who come to you must be more kind of sucked into the worldly material life and they get fed up with it, right? Well, I... I my specialty is people that have been awake and go I've been awake and there's something missing. You know, that's one end and then the the other end is okay, I've always thought that there was something bigger here and I've been afraid to admit it because I've been in corporate America and they tell me <laughs> that I I can't wear that shirt, you know? And so um I'm just going to come and I'm just going to play around with it. And then all of a sudden, but you know, after talking for a while, they're like, okay, 
here's mm-hmm. what I've always heard. And you're like, yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's so out there. I think that the world's kind of getting to that fever point, that boiling point. So more people go, wait, this is kind of weird and crazy and strange. There's something bigger here. I think when it's so in your face, you cannot miss it, you know, and we see it all. I mean, here's a perfect example, Chris, and I love this example. So my mom and my brother are having this conversation. And my mom goes, yeah, I went to your sister's book party. And my brother goes, what book? Right. (laughs) And it's not because it's just because I don't talk like it's family. Like, so you don't really talk about, you know, those kind of things. Like you talk about other stuff. Right. And so I texted him and I was like, I meant to call you. I know it's football day. So I didn't. And I'm kind of tired. So and I get this lovely text back. He's like, I read all of your site and it really looks really cool and interesting. And I thought, oh, my God, that's my brother. Like, hello. If you know. Right. If it kind of and we are I love my brother. He's a genius, but we're so different. And yet we're not very different. Right. So, you know, if my brother is kind of dabbling, you know, a lot of people are waking up that that have just haven't had the voice or the words to put into what they feel inside. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's what your soul language can give them. I would like to think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, uh, yeah, we'll talk about my session, but uh, let's take a quick break. All right. We'll be uh, we'll be right back. Thanks to uh, Anya for the musical interlude called Watermark. Um, you're listening to The Mystic Show, and uh, we're very blessed today to have a great guest in the studio. Her name is Jennifer Eurizio. She's the author of Soul Language, Consciously Connecting to Your Soul for Success. And your website is soullanguage.us. And again, that th- all this info will be on the post on the website uh, themysticshow.net. So, uh, so Jennifer, let's talk about your book. Um, it just came out. Um, that must have been exciting. Um, yeah, tell us about that. It's, you know, I've been working on this information since 2007. So, wow. it's been my life. Right. You know, and so <laughs> the book is 500 pages. Oh, right? really? Well, we, we've included the 107 different languages. Oh, cool. Right? So, and we do that because what happens is you have a soul language identification and then you want to have your wife's identification and then your kids. <laughs> right. And then you tell somebody at work. And so you get to understand all of the languages that surround you and you kind of want to know about them and read about them. And um, so we've done that. And, and what, also what that allows you, even if you only know one language, to go through the book and go, oh, I really like that pioneer energy. How can I attract that into my life? Or what can I learn from this language? So it becomes this integrative like tool that you can use. So and then there's a lot of upfront parts about, you know, what soul language means and how to use it and some questions to ask. well, there's a lot of questions to ask yourself and mm. you know how you want to utilize that book, but <laughs> It's huge, right? you know, and so there's not a digital version, people, because, again, it's huge. Right, right. Um, so the process was really interesting. Um, you know, when when you're writing a book or, or when you're doing your big message, you really need to surround yourself with really amazing people because they need to help you carry that message along and they need to see things that you just don't see. 
because you're in it. Right. You know, and so in the process, <laughs> the editor was so amazing. So there was this one language definition. And I was like, you know, we're coming down to the wire and I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, I'm like, please, I can't tune in anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know. And and we were, we were literally working on one sentence, you know. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And so the editor just shoots me this email. And he had been working on, on the book for so long that he kind of was really tuned in. And I was like, okay, that, and he wrote the sentence. And I was like, oh, my God, that's totally, that's totally what I've been talking about. That's it. <laughs> right. You know, and to have that person at your side to do that, that's pretty incredible. So the whole process was really protected and divine. And and did I lose my temper? Yeah. You know, of course. Like, one point I was like, you know, <laughs> my publisher went on a six-month six sabbatical towards the end. On a meditation sabbatical. Nice. Nice, right? <laughs> so, and, and I adore her. And we knew it was coming. But I was like, so at the end, she's like, she just couldn't do some things, right? Because... Again, she's supposed to be in meditation. Right. So I took some things over and there was this one point where we were talking, I was talking to the designer designer, and, and um, the publisher wanted a really visual on the side of the book so you could see the different languages from just looking at the side. Right. And I was just so tired and I wasn't really communicating well with the, <laughs> the designer. My warrior was so out and I was like, I don't know what she's just, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just want this out. Like, just fix it. Like, I, and I just was like, I, I just like unleashed. Right. And then I apologized. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she, he's like, no, not a problem. I, he goes, I totally now know what you're talking about. You know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, going within when you do a big project like that. And I think it shows up in the book. So what I've been hearing from people is this. Okay, so I've opened that book and I've read what's on the page, but something else weird happened. Like, this is what I felt or this is what I saw, you know, and I hear from practitioners who are using the book. I said to one, it's like, okay, the languages are in alphabetical order. I go, do they move on you? And she's like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. I was like, I know they're in alphabetical order, but it takes sometimes three times to locate <laughs> something. She's like, I thought I was crazy. You know, so there's a lot of divinity and magic in the book. And what I have also been hearing is people have been using it for guidance. So they just open up the book and whatever opens, they read that and they go, oh, right. okay. So there's a lot of tools in it, physically and non-physically. And you also mentioned um, that people can get their own, read about their own soul languages, um, because each person has three languages, you said? Yeah, you speak one in three categories. Your mission, how you feel that mission, and then your soulful personality. And that's the one we did for you yesterday. The personality? Yeah, the soulful personality. And what we're talking about is personality on a spiritual level, so it's how your soul prefers to go through life. And we tend to really judge our preferences, right? You never hear anyone going, oh my God, I, I, I hate broccoli. How come I hate broccoli, right? <laughs> but you you hear, and I judged myself for years for being that, that warrior energy, you know? Um, and I remember the moment it was so great. I remember the moment where I fully accepted that, where I was sitting down at a coffee, you know, just met someone I hardly know. And we were just exchanging. I was like, oh, I have warrior energy. And he turned to me and went, oh, my God, that's great. And I went, look, I've accepted it. It's actually <laughs> showing up, you know. So it allows you to really go through your language. And it's so funny. The more you read your language, the sentences are the same, but you are, understand more about that, you know, because your consciousness is at one point and then you integrate some stuff and it's in another and you go, oh, wait, that's what that means? Wait, I just got that on a whole new level. Yeah. You know, and I have, I have this one client who's so lovely. I haven't talked to him in years and he still listens to that hour session, the Soul Language ID, and he's still getting stuff out of it. Wow. And I'm like, really? I'm a little embarrassed about that, but okay. You know, but that's the meat of your soul, right? Because... You're it, really the amount of soul energy in our body is like the size of this water bottle, like this right. much, you Tiny. know, like a shot glass. 
you know, there's all of that other energy that's housed somewhere else. And the more that you let go of that ego and the patterns, well, there's more room for soul. So you evolve. And as you evolve, I want to be very clear, as you evolve, so does the ego. It gets trickier. It gets really trickier. And so when you have that kind of definition in front of you, you can go, oh, that's how I'm tricky, you know? And one of the things that I do provide people is this really lovely sheet called Ego's Games. Because really, do you know how your ego works for you? Because, right? So you need to know like your main trick. So one of the main tricks that I have that Ego does is I do either or. I can have that or I can have that. I can't have both. Oh. Or ego loves to wipe my mind clean of any good thing I've ever done in my life. Oh. Right? Like I, I actually go through, okay, you know, what? I, I've done nothing. Like yeah, you complete know, failure. Complete blank. <laughs> or, you know, and, and when you're in fear or struggle, you know, like God, and that's what I call my higher power, God could come down, sit next to me, and I'd be like, I don't know who you are. Like, you know. <laughs> Or knock on your door and be like, yeah, you want the guy next door, right? right? You know, so you need to kind of understand how your ego works with you so you can create pauses, right? You know, in the movies where they, the woman's like hyperventilating and they tell her to drink water. Right. Do you know why? No. Because it allows her to breathe. Oh. Yeah. So the pause allows us to breathe in our struggle. So you can determine and make a choice to go to conscious or unconscious. And another way of saying that is closer to whatever you call your higher power or farther away. Mm. That's what we're all doing here. Right. Trying to get closer. Trying to get closer, right? You mentioned something, um, and I'm, I'm really interested in your book uh, to seeing all these 107 uh, languages. Um, you mentioned something about people wanting to see what their wife or their husband is or what their children are. How does, um, I mean, how... How does that work? Do they are are there compatibilities between languages, or how how, how do they make those? Uh, it's a great question. I don't even know what question I'm asking. It's a, actually, it's a great question, and you're ask, asking a couple. So, first of all, if you have your soul languages identified and you want your wife's identified, uh, she has to give permission. You cannot give permission for her. <laughs> okay, uh, parents can if your child is under eighteen, technically. Although a friend of mine says nobody owns Walker, meaning his son, but technically you still are in command of your child's free will. So you can give us permission to identify. So there are what happens is, is we collect personally soul languages. So you will collect soul languages that you resonate with and you will collect soul languages that you have a conflict with so you can release that conflict. Now, there are certain languages for your languages, and I don't remember conductor off the top of my head what those languages are, but that are just naturally going to support you, that you're going to come in contact with and go, oh, right? And that's just designed so you can receive your support teams really easily. So yes, there are compatible ones. Then there's my favorite story of me. So uh, I... (laughs) going to preface this and say, I adore my mother. Um, But she's a negotiator. That's her mission language, which is our friend Christine's language as well. All right. And I would hire negotiators to be my support team. And they wouldn't really support me. They would just disappear or it would be a negotiation or arguing and blah, blah, blah. And so this has been happening. It was happening in my life for a while. And then my mom called and like, I really want my soul languages identified. I was like, okay. And I find out she's a negotiator. And I was like, oh, okay, wait. So I don't have to work out my mom conflict with my support team. Let's just actually work it out here. And I rearrange stuff internally because every conflict that you have externally is internally. And, uh, Mom and I have like this great, greater relationship where I know she's doing her negotiation. I let it go. I don't take it personally. And I let all of that icky support staff go. And I have the lovely and talented Sophie, who has been with me for five years and is a politician. That's her language. Oh, politicians are great. They really? give a forum for someone to speak their truth. So why wouldn't I want Sophie, right? right? But I really couldn't receive Sophie until I kind of worked out that 
disagreement. So what you'll notice is by knowing the people around you is you notice your patterns. And then you don't take things personally because you know it's a reworking internally. So it's fascinating. So here's a great example. At my book party, um, my friend Richard um, connected with several people. And then we look at who those people are on a soul language level, and they all speak the same soul language as Richard. Wow. And I'm like, of course, you know, you can start to see who you want to be around and why. And you can also resolve the conflict of those languages in, in a, a different way for yourself. <laughs> right? Just unconsciously, he had gravitated toward the same pe- people with the same language. Right. Or I would say consciously. Right. On his part, meaning he recognized that part in himself and it resonated and it makes him feel good and he feels comfortable. And and, you know, and I I would actually even go further and say that because it's the image maker language, which is also our friend Christine. And then that's how I met Richard, um, which sees the essence of a human being and can help bring out that essence. Right. I would even say to go as far as he might be an image maker of image makers, right? If he keeps collecting them, then he has something to say to them as well. And so you really get to understand your message, keywords to use in business. Like I know clients who do their elevator speech by using their soul languages. Wow. Because it tells you exactly who you are and you can do that because there's keywords for each of the languages. Mm. And it also allows you to, to really understand your community, right? So I'm an equalizer, that's my mission here. And I often look for people who say, I need more balance, because that's all I'm about. Or, you know, I I feel not good enough, which means there's something out of whack, right? You know, and one of the reasons why a lot of people come to me is for that graceful warrior, that strength, that courage, that, yeah, you can do it, and, some of them are really tough and really big leaders and they need someone who's not going to back down, right? That's going to hold that and go, I know what you said, <laughs> but that's not really what I heard. Yeah, that's what you said to me a few times yesterday. <laughs> well, because you are like, you know, I, you guys really need to know this. Like Chris Current, he's like a, a, a big guy, meaning, <laughs> you know, you've got a big message, you want to be a big service. You're 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 actually doing it. You're not kind of pussyfooting around, you know. And you've been on the path for a while, right? And you do your spiritual practice. And for us that do our spiritual practice, we really kind of need the outside look because we know our stuff too well, right? And we can outsmart ourselves, <laughs> right? And we've been looking at that picture a long time. Right. And so I've got this great story. I took this picture from Ireland. I think it's Ireland. And it's a mountainside. And it's been on my dresser for about 10 years. And a couple of years ago, it fell off. And I picked it up. And there's this little hole in the mountain. And if you look really closely, there are people in that hole. I know, Chris. And I was like, Okay, that's been on my dresser for 10 years. A, I don't know how they got in that little hole. And B, how come I never saw that before? And that's what happens with us that have been on the path for a while, right? You've looked at it, you've looked at it, you've worked on it, you've done it, and you're just fine-tuning it. And the fine-tuning can be really hard to see when you've been looking at it for so long. Right. You know, so you kind of need that outside perspective. And understanding your soul language also, your soul never really, really tells it like it is. You can't kind of fool yourself when you're in that conversation. And I also do the soul of the business, which is so fascinating because your soul is internal. The soul of the business is external, right? It's not of you. And so, and I see them as visuals because I'm a visual person. So the business team will often say things so directly that... It doesn't have any veils. It doesn't have any of your patterns. It has pure consciousness. So it says things like, really? Come on. Like, we've gone over this. Not in a negative way, but just in a big, big, big way where you can't avoid it. And I think that's what a lot of us do. You know, we're so afraid of of 
letting the divine down that we spend a lot of time trying not to do in order to feel safe. Yeah, that's a great point. Even in, within your spiritual practice, you can start to feel safe and kind of shielding yourself from other things. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I always tell people, you know, especially people who have innovative in your soul, which you do, you're, you're an innovator. So, you know, to switch up your, your sacred practice, whether it's meditation or journaling or, you know, every day, just switch it up a little, you know, even if you one day throw meditation to the side and go, okay, I'm going to journal because that way you can't outsmart yourself because you're not doing the same thing. Um, the hardest thing I've ever done, Chris, is take singing lessons this year. Uh, Singing, singing, the hardest thing I've ever done because I was really good at kind of moving through my spiritual practice and the singing lessons are, is a spiritual practice that I don't have any footing on. So I can't outsmart myself and this stuff has been hitting the fan. Right? Like, and you know, it's so funny because the first time I talked to Lorraine, I was like, I just want to be able to use my voice more. I talk all day and at the end of the day, I can't, I don't have a voice. And by the third thing, I was like, oh my God, I just want to sing and knit. Like, I just want to be the singing knitter. Is that possible? And, and you know, she's like, yeah, I know, you know, and it's one of the, so I challenge everyone to do that thing that they're really afraid of because that thing is going to unleash the gold because that's where your resistance is. That's where your fear is. And that's where you're not going to be able to kind of trick yourself. Right. And it's almost like until you do that, there's there's some unfinished work or something. You're holding yourself back. Yeah. You know, you're not allowing for the, you know, you're not allowing for the, the most divinity to fill your soul, you know, and I'm going to quote Lorraine, my singing teacher now, because she looked at us and all of us and I'm in a singing class with someone who's opened up for the Indigo Girls. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. So really cool, but scary as all heck. <laughs> and, you know, she made us go through our, our big kind of vision and everyone had this big vision. And I was like, of course, you know, it's Lorraine and it makes all sense. And, and she said, okay, are you all ready to receive more than you give? Yeah. You have to see Chris Kern's face. He's like, what? Yeah. What? That's isn't that backwards? Right. But if you want this big mission, right, that takes a lot of machinery behind that big mission. That takes a lot of receiving on a divine level and on a human level. And it's a really great concept. And people of big service goes, no, wait, I, I, I have to receive, I have to give, give, give. Right. But you're giving so much already. And if you just open up your receiving more, that allows you to do the more giving because you're not tired. And, and you have Bill the butler. And Bill the butler is from the book party who he's really a butler. <laughs> and he goes, madam, I mean, like, Everyone loved Bill the Butler. Um, you know, you have that support so you can do what you are here to do, you know, and you're not exhausted, tired or hungry or worried or blah, blah, blah. So you do have to receive more than you get. Right. And receiving, as even uh, my spiritual guide said, it's harder to receive than it is to give. Right. Because we're not taught to receive. But here's the catch. We're receiving all the time. We just don't know it. Right. Good point. So speaking of, uh, we'll just take a quick break. Wow. Speaking of the Indigo Girls, we'll be right back.
Yes, and welcome, welcome me back to uh, <laughs> back to the Mystic Show. Me and my awesome guest, uh, awesome. That's that's not that doesn't do you aw- justice. I don't mind awesome. All right, you are I awesome. Embrace, I can embrace that. You awesome. are awesome. I'll I'll work on uh, upgrading that to the proper adjective. But uh, Jennifer Eurizio, she's the author of Soul Language: Consciously Connecting to Your Soul for Success, and uh, and your website is soullanguage.us. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have you here in the studio, really. Usually it's just me sitting here all by myself. <laughs> um, so this is great. And we met, uh, for just so people know, we met, um, last week at, uh, this event that Christine Clifton put on, which was a really cool marketing event for like intuitive people or quiet marketing, she's calling it, right? She's brilliant. I mean... Christine, and of course, I know her soul languages, and they're public, so I can talk about them. She's a, a negotiator. That's her mission. Image maker. That's how she fuels that mission. And Olympian. That's her soulful personality. So what she does is help you create new deals um, with your soul for the best of what you want. Like mm-hmm. She just brings out the best in everyone, and she always collects really cool people. And what I loved about what she was talking about last week was, you know, it was so personal and so transparent and so, um, you know, marketing has to be personal, especially for, you know, innovators and especially for um, spiritual awake people. It can't be, you know, oh, here's the the. Swiss cheese kind of thing, you know, just drop your what you do in. It's got to be really out there. Right. Totally personal, totally deeper. Yeah. And she just has this talent of, and it was so funny watching her where she would just pick someone and just say what their message was like <laughs> off the top of her head. I was like, wow. I know. It was almost scary. She's so good. <laughs> She's so good at it. I was like, wow, like she should go on a game show with that because it was pretty cool. And that's what she does. She just, you know, and I'm so lucky to have her as a friend. I mean, you know, I'm just so lucky to have her in my community because she, um, there's that negotiator and it's a, a solid negotiator, it's a conscious negotiator. And, and she'll just say, well, can I make a suggestion? And I'll be like, oh, here, <laughs> here we here go. Goes. <laughs> and she's always so right on the money. Right. And she, she knows how to kind of deal with the warrior. Right. So because she's Olympians have that kind of courage and that warrior behind them as well. So she's just so beautiful. So if you guys don't know Christine Clifton, you want to know Christine. Clifton. Yeah. Yeah. If you're. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's. um, OK, so you and I met. That's where we met last week. And then yesterday we had a little session on the phone. And um, what we did was uh, what did we do? <laughs> we we identified one of your soul languages, so we identified that personal, um, that soulful personality language, and that technically is called the tone, and we identified that as the conductor, and what conductors are, are they're pure leaders, and they bring out the best in everyone, um, and they're just about highlighting like bring like you want to know what what your good qualities are, you want to talk to Chris Curran. So I'm a highlighter. Yes, but you also are a leader. So the the drawback of conductors is that they tend, not that Chris Curran is, but they <laughs> tend to be people-pleasing and they forget that they're part of their community. So they're always like, oh, let me tell you about Joe. And meanwhile, you're asking about Chris Curran and he's like, oh, but let me tell you about Joe. Oh, you right. Know? I do that. I forget to tell, like uh, some people, some get, a lot of the guests I have here on the shows, I like to um, give, them a, you know, give them a copy of my book and and you know I'm supposed to tell them what I'm doing for my business. I forget to tell them everything. I don't even say anything. You need a little cue card that says, <laughs> "Okay, now the Chris Curran moment," right? You know, and and so so that's what we did yesterday. And then we just talked about we had a conversation with your soul. And during that discovery session with someone, we always work on a real life situation, whatever that is, because again, it doesn't help unless you can apply it to your your life and actually know how to talk to your soul and utilize all your gifts and talents for your greatest good because you're utilizing them anyway might as well use them for sustainability yeah you know so that's what we did yesterday yeah and the way i want to mention too the way that you do your reading would you call it a reading 
Yeah, I would call it a reading. Okay. The way you do that is the same way. I don't know if, if, if the listeners, if you've read the book uh, Power Versus Force, he talks about kinesiology. Kinesiology. Kinesiology, where like they would ask people questions, like yes, no questions, and the people would hold out their arm and then... They'd ask the question, and then they'd press down on their arm, and if their arm stayed strong, that's a yes, mm-hmm. right? And if their arm was weak, it was a no. But here's the thing. They weren't using their mind. It's just like the universal energy coming through their body dictates the yes or no. Your body has this divine intelligence, right? So it knows where to pump the blood. It knows if chocolate's good for it. You know, it knows what your soul language is. It doesn't know if you're going to win the lotto, so don't ask that question. But So what I do is something called therapeutic kinesiology, and with a person's permission, my body becomes the pendulum on your soul's behalf. And so if you've ever, you know, sometimes when people come to me actually live, because I, I do all of this on the phone, you know, you'll see my body move back and forth, you know. And during a session, if you hear me go, ow, it's because I hit my hand on the desk, right? Because, you know, I'm twitching. Oh. And so I just go down a number sheet until my body gives me a yes response to a number. And I turn over that testing sheet and see what language corresponds with what number. And I've identified personally over 2,000 people, right? So it literally takes three seconds right at this point and it's it's accurate because we're just talking to your soul and it's a one-time connection and it's totally of the light and um for those people that are muscle testers you know i i still do it for them right because and i know a lot of people out there use muscle testing to make decisions and you know sometimes you can fry your circuits because you keep asking the same question because you don't like the answer oh Right. So, you know, that's how we determine the language. And and we did it that way because we wanted a pure identification that didn't have anything to do with the mind. Right. Because people will go, okay, I I resonate with the capitalist language, which is a soulful personality language, but I really want another one. Can you give me another? Like, because, you know, there's conflict there or they don't understand it or they're afraid of it or what will that mean? Um, so once your languages are identified, they do not change. Hey, that brings up the question though. If, uh, is this like, um, well, there's these different personality tests and it's like you're, you're identified as being strongest in one, but you sort of do have all of them within you. Great question. Is it the same with the soul language? This is why I like Chris Curran. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, this is a huge metaphysical question. So I love that. Um, there, you only speak three languages this lifetime, but you've had other lifetimes. So you could have been, you know, an investigator in another lifetime and resonate with it. Or your business could be an investigator and you resonate with that. Or you've surrounded yourself with a certain soul language, so you really resonate with it. So there's residue, but you really only speak three because it would be extremely confusing to try to really kind of feel whole and complete with 107 different languages and it's is it is is it possible to i mean like like i could learn to speak uh mandarin chinese you can't learn to speak another soul language can you no but you can learn how to interact and utilize those gifts and talents right like so so funny the other day someone came up to me at a wedding and we were chatting she's like oh you're you're like a pioneer and i went because it's a soul language and i went no, but <laughs> but it's interesting that you use that considering no one's ever used that word for me before. So, you know, and I love pioneers. I surround myself with them. Um, they're a great language to hang out with because they love to go off road. Um, they also love to support ideas that are out there and no one's ever done. And they help you pave that road. So why wouldn't I want to hang out with pioneer? But that would tell me, oh... What's that about? So she feels that energy of a pioneer from me. So I need to look at that more. So I will actually go down sometime today and sit down and have a conversation with that because I'm a practitioner. So I can have a conversation with the entire line of pioneers and go, what's going on here now? um, So we teach as practitioners, we teach people to use the 107 different languages um, for for sustainability, for um, support, to understand themselves and the world better. Mm, that's interesting, right? I yeah. It, 
I think I might have been. Uh, is there one that's called like a lawyer or an attorney? Because I think lawmaker. The, there is actually one called the lawmaker. No, I don't know. I got sometimes. I don't know. Like about six, twelve months ago, I was watching one of these trials, and and then um, the whole logic of being a a lawyer is interesting, you know. Yeah, there is. A, it's an axiom of translation. That's how you feel your message, and it's actually called the lawmaker. And what they do is they help govern structure and beliefs and create structure and beliefs for peace. It's a really amazing language. It happens to be one of my specialties. I know a lot of them. Um, that's consciously. Unconsciously is they'll stick to a law and our belief, no matter if it's non-sustainable, oh. and they'll stick to it like a dog with a bone, uh. you know. Um, so, of course, we can investigate that because right? I go, huh, you know. So what, uh, what, is there like any soul languages that are like wet, well, kind of wacky or what what are the what are some of the far out ones? Are there any like weird There there are languages that are rare. There's one called the significator which is a mission language and Sig, what is it? Significator. Significator. And what they do is they help themselves and others flip switches so they can see a life purpose in someone and go, oh, you know what you need to flip to get to that this, 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 and this. Um, it's a very rare language. I know two or three, and I think it's very rare because it's a language that um, can go really conscious or really unconscious, mm. you know? And so there are some languages that are... I would say more difficult to be in. Um, Rainmaker is another unusual language. It's an axiom of translation. That's how you'll be known here. And what they do is help make it rain. Like, you want this? You want a rainmaker because they'll just really just flood you with it consciously. Unconsciously, rainmakers typically have a hard time making it rain for themselves. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, there aren't any wacky ones. <laughs> there are ones that, you know, there's patterns like I've noticed um, most healers with a big mission have in their environment one way or another a language called the observer. And observers a mission language and what they do is help read um, and record for the Akasha Records, which is the library of all libraries right. on a metaphysical level. Um, and they have this ability to pluck anything out of the air. And just like, you want to know something? You go to Observer. They see it all. Oh. So a lot of master healers have an Observer either by their side or in their business language or their personal soul. Um, and I think that's because we just need to know more things. And so you want that kind of energy around you. Right. But there's no really wacky ones. What uh like Jesus and Buddha, did they uh <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about them. Do they have a normal soul God, language? Have you read my book? <laughs> no. Do you talk about it? Um uh, Jesus, Buddha, I would call them an avatar, which is a mission, and it's an embodiment of a belief or principle. You know, not a small language to to, to handle. Oh, uh, avatar is actually a, a language. Yeah. Okay. It's called it's called the avatar, and it's about embodying a belief or principle. And in the description, and I believe it's still in the book. I don't believe because there was some editing. Uh -huh. um, we say, you know, Jesus and Buddha, they were all avatars. You know, I know an avatar who's eight years old. Yeah, and he says things like. I'm going to change the world today, mom. And his mom goes, oh, how are you going to do that? And he goes, I could do that by just cutting the grass. Like, <laughs> like not a small language to select, right? You know, Matt O'Grady, Avatar. Okay. Yeah. Avatar. Oh. Embodiment of a belief or principle. Not, not, they're not fooling around. So I'm interested, uh, what what do you have? Do you have some events coming up? Are you going to be speaking more about your book? Do you actually speak or do you do presentations? I yeah, I actually do speak and do presentations. I don't have anything currently on the books um, yet. Okay, I'm hearing, but by the end of the day, I might. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure. You know, um, I I speak for groups. I speak one on one. I speak in class. Um, I love to talk. You know, one of um, one of my mentors is Reverend Frankie Timmers from the Center of Spiritual Mind. I love her. I have a spiritual crush. I've heard about her oh. from uh, Mystic Maria. Uh, have you heard Mystic Maria? No. She's um, she's actually a guest on this show almost every Friday. Oh, 
Um, yeah, and she uh, she told me about Reverend Frankie a few years ago. I still haven't met her. Oh, you want to meet Reverend Frankie? Yeah. So um, one one celebration, she was going over this like spiritual blind spot article. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying that they're spiritual leaders, spiritual innovators. And she's like, and I'm well aware that I'm up here, you know, and she goes, I just like to talk. (laughs) And I I kind of adapted that principle. I I really like to talk, although I didn't talk until I was two. I walked when I was nine months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know how to I, I went from sitting to walking. So that's how I basically do everything. There's no gestation period. Um, so I've created whole creative products around understanding your creative process because what I noticed was a lot of people don't have a flow with their creative process. They either can really develop or really share or there's not a, a, a balance. So I created that. Um, but so what I have going on is clients, groups, I'm going to start a practitioner training soon. And are you associated with any like yoga studio or any metaphysical center or anything like that? No. Okay. Although I would say, I do talk about the center of spiritual mind a lot. Okay. Because of Frankie. So I have a question, I have a question I wanted to ask you. We're almost out of time. We have a couple minutes. Yeah. Really? Seriously. Wow. No, this is what happens. Time is just Love this. goes. Um, <clears throat> okay. Soul language. That gives the impression that your soul is speaking, but in a metaphysical way, your soul is kind of like really close to the divine, kind of like nothingness, kind of like pure, like even in the in the Bhagavad Gita and in the, the Vedas, they say that the soul is always pure. It's never tainted. It's never, it, it, it's like nothingness. Um, so is that where the messages come? But, but we know that there's a continuum of a human being. It goes from that pure soul through to the mind and to the body and to the, you know, from subtle to gross. So it's not the soul that's talking, is it? Or it's just, it's just the- Love your metaphysical questions. Is it just Um, a feeling that we translate into words or something? So the way, when you were speaking, the way I saw it was radio waves. You know, it's a frequency. And then- you know, we have to interpret that frequency in some human way, you know, and that's what we're doing. And I want to really want to be clear, like soul language is just the jumping off spot and it's an evolutionary. It's always growing. Those definitions in the book will be upgraded. I mean, they've already been upgraded because I meet someone and I go, oh, OK, so here we have to add that in. Right. Um we're trying to put in human words something that we can never put in human words. (laughs) Right. Right. And so we're just trying to do the best job we can. And I think as time goes on, as we grow in consciousness, the words get better. Yeah. Right. But so the way I hear the soul is it's a math problem. Mm -hmm. And I often say to clients, okay, so here's the math problem, but I've got to convert it. So give me a moment. You know, so it's all about frequency and vibration and feeling and, and we speak in language, right? So we need to put some structure around it. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that, that it's evolving and that it's not something absolute and, uh, because that makes sense. And, and I also want to stress too, that it's all, again, it's all for the practical use in our life. So that's why it's useful. Um, So Jennifer Eurizio, I want to thank you for coming oh on God, the Mystic Show. I had so much Show. fun. Yeah. So your book, uh, just so folks know, I'll give the website again. The book, your book is called Soul Language: Consciously Connecting to Your Soul for Success, and I know it's on Amazon. Yes. Yay! And your website is soullanguage.us, and the link will be up on the post. But really, thanks for coming by this morning and uh, being on the show. It was a great way to start my day. Thank you. Right. This is tremendous. What a what a great guest and. Uh, So for the listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, This has been really fun, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We actually have another guest tomorrow. So lucky you. Um, And as you move through your day, try to maintain some kind of good vibration and maybe try to discuss some of these topics with people you know. And smile. There's an idea. And as always, keep shining.